Isn't that exciting? You know, one, of the, one of the difficult things people have in coming and sharing is uh, they're trying to show you things that they've seen and that they've heard, and there's no way to communicate what they've seen and they've heard. That video does a great job, though. I wish it had smell with it, especially in the markets, you know, because if you've experienced overseas, you know that, that that's a big deal as well. And, and so you think about all that they have seen, and I'm so proud I'm so proud to be a pastor of a church that's not just worried about ourselves, that's not just concerned about what color the carpet is or, or what songs we sing, but we're, we're worried and we're concerned and we want to be on mission with Jesus all around the world. Can you imagine all of the places that we have uh, been used by God to share the gospel? Because that's why we've come to this place today to really hear good news in the midst of this Oh, this is a sorry week. Wasn't it in lots of ways? You think about that? I mean, the NCAA tournament was canceled. I'm a March Madness addict. I stay home. I Don't tell anybody, but I skip a couple of hours of work to make sure I see the first part of that every year. I love that thing, and it's canceled. Can't put my hope in NCAA. <laughs> Thank the Lord there's more than that. We think about all that's happened in and with this, with this virus and with the market, he mentioned all of that stuff. I want to share from Hebrews 12, 2 with you to begin with. I want you to turn to Romans 9, and we're just going to be in there uh, just a moment. But I, I want us to look at Hebrews 2 before we get there. And I want you to hear the words from the message. This paraphrase does a great job. In Hebrews 12, 2, if we can look at that together on the screen, I hope you see that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Through all of what's happened, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. He's the author and the perfecter. Study how he did it. That's the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Show, uh, dive in deep. Because it shows how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross. Shame. Whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God the Father. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's what we want to do more than anything today is just help you focus again on the call to follow Jesus. We're in a new series beginning today entitled The Cross and Beyond, and we want you to walk with Him. In Luke 9, the kind of the context of where we're going to look at the end of that chapter, we're going to look at verses 57 through 62. But at the very end of that chapter, or the kind of the context of that end part, is Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem. He is headed toward the cross. Now that's nothing, no insignificant statement, because he has a, an iron will. He is determined to do what he came to earth to do. Setting his face toward Jerusalem, that's where he's headed. Now you've got to Ask yourself, where is my face set? Where am I headed in life? 
Because when Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, he knows, he's already told his disciples, his apostles, what's going to happen there. And back in, just previous to this, this part, in uh, a previous portion of Luke 9, he predicts his death. Just turn to page one page before that, in, in my Bible, probably yours too. He says, the Son of Man must suffer in verses 21, 22. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. He knew what Jerusalem held. And yet he went. Will you think about that with me for just a moment? Think about nothing else today. Think about, he knew Judas was going to betray him. He chose Judas to be one of his 12. And he knew he was going to stab him in the back. He knew the captain of his team, Peter, the spokesperson, was going to act like he didn't know him to a little girl around a campfire. He knew that he was going to be falsely accused by religious leaders and falsely arrested and convicted of crimes he did not commit and punished, scourged, beaten, publicly humiliated, his beard plucked out, the crown of thorns placed down upon his head, he, he knew that he was going to be spit on and ridiculed, paraded through the streets carrying his own cross, and that's before that cruel and unusual punishment we call crucifixion that the Romans had perfected in their torture. He knew it was all coming. And you and I have got to ask, why did he do it? Why did he go there? Why was he so determined? You know the answer? You look at the answer next to you. Look at the person next to you. That's why. It was you. And it was me. And it was our redemption that he was paying for. The gospel, four words, remember? Jesus in my place. Love. Remember? God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loves us, so he went toward Jerusalem. Now, on the way, we get a snapshot, and that's what I want us to look at for just Three minutes. Somebody time me, will you? Three minutes. And, and I want us to stand in honor of the reading of this scripture at the end of uh, chapter 9 because I want you to hear it and I want you to hear it fresh and we're going to look at these three folks briefly, as briefly as I can do it. As they were going along the road, verse 57 of Luke 9, it's not on the screen so you'll have to have a copy of your own scripture. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you 
wherever you go, I will follow you. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. Or let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You may be seated as we unpack this real quick. On the back of your bulletin, there's, some, there's an outline there. I want to give you three questions along with all those, those three blanks. And I just want to give you a word of what it means to follow Jesus. So write this quickly, will you? The first thing is this, we... Following Jesus is more important than, than personal comfort. The guy comes to Jesus, the first guy. There's, there's three guys. I want to name them, okay, just because that helps me identify them. I'm going to call this first guy Enthusiastic Eddie because he's real excited. I'm going to go with you wherever. He sings that song, wherever you lead, I go. Wherever you lead, I go. I'll follow my Christ who loved me. So wherever you lead, I'll go. And Jesus said, no, you won't. You'd think Jesus would say, thank you. I'm glad you're on my team. Let's go. Let's storm the gates of hell. But he doesn't. He says, count the cost first. I don't have a home. You're going to be sleeping with a stone as your pillow. You're going to be homeless. Here's the word. Hardship. But also remember, even you and I, as we fulfill our mission, there's certain hardships. It's not, Christianity is not a bed of roses. If you've been sold that bill of goods, you've been duped. It's hard. There, there is no promise here from, from Jesus that they're going to advance that, that at all in their, their cultural status that that there's somehow, some way, we're going to be more comfortable and, and have greater ease in life because we're Christians. Now, there are lots of blessings and lots and lots of blessings from following Christ. You understand that. But you also understand that we follow a homeless man. We also we follow someone who ultimately did what was right and was perfect in the perfect sacrifice for our sins, and they hung him on a cross for that. There's suffering in this world and in this life. But let me tell you, it's worth it. Jesus is better than all of what we might go through. Now, I'm going to tell you this story, and then we're going to hold these other points, okay? I, I can remember, and football coaches, you'll, you'll identify with this for just a moment. I can remember, I, I hated two-a-days. I don't know of any really good football players even. I wasn't, but I, I hated two-a-days. And I hated lifting weights. And I hated the pain of all of that. Maybe some of you like that. Abel, you probably liked that a lot when you were doing that. You know, when you, you think about it, and, I, and I, I didn't like really the smelly locker room. I hated tackling drills. Oh, I, I didn't like any of that. Some of those guys do. I didn't. But I went through all that. You know why? Glory. Glory on Friday night. All of that stuff was worth it to see 
the whole community gathering at a football game on Friday night. And you're under the light. Folks, I've told you this before. I'll tell you again if you want me to tell you. I, I caught a touchdown in Texas Stadium. <laughs> I know Coach Taylor's not going to forgive me for that. I mean, he's going to use that over and over and over again. I would have never happened if you didn't go through all the hardship and the suffering and all. But let me tell you, there's something much better. It's the kingdom of God. There's better glory. His glory. Now, are you and I going to do what it takes? To dismiss our personal comfort. And follow Him. Take up our cross daily. And follow Him. What would that mean for you? But where the cross is His purpose. What he was sent to earth to do. And you've got one too. And you've got a group of people in that purpose that aren't going to get reached unless God uses you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Isn't that an awe-inspiring thought? Isn't that a scary thought? Don't we need God's grace for that? As you look at these other two guys, I know I said I was going to quit, and I know I've gone over three minutes. Give me a little more grace, just a little bit more. The second one, a little reluctant. Let me bury my father. And the word is urgent there. What does it mean to follow Jesus? This is an urgent task, and really the third one is the same thing, just to say, they focus. They're, they're both saying, but Lord, let me first. And there are a lot of things you think about in life. You think, Lord, let me finish school. Let me get to junior high. Let me get to high school. Let me get to uh, college. Or let me just do what I want to do for a little while. And then I'll come back and I'll do the things that you're calling me to do. Or let me get married. Or let me start a family. Or let me get my kids raised. Or let me retire. And then pretty soon, hey, life's over. What are you waiting for? Why not pursue him with all you have, an undivided heart today in these moments? Will you trust him? Because everything, and we've seen this this last week, everything that we think is important can just get wiped out pretty fast. Jobs, 401ks, public events. But being part of the kingdom is eternally and infinitely more important than all that stuff. And it'll be here long after that. So what are you giving yourself to? What are you setting your face to? Let's pray together. Father, thank you, Jesus for what you've done. Lord, thank you for the call to follow you. Lord, we know it, it costs. We know there's a price to pay. But not following you costs more, Lord. We know 
not following you costs the abiding peace that we believers have. We, it costs a, a life penetrated by your love and throughout by love. It costs faith that sees everything in light of your goodness, God. It costs our hope, stands firm in the midst of the most discouraging circumstances. And not following cost the power to do what's right and withstand the forces of evil. It costs the abundant life you came to give us, Jesus. So Lord, I pray right now through these moments, in these moments, that if there's somebody in this place that's never publicly identified with you, never experience what it's like to live in a confidence beyond the circumstances of life, in a confidence in a relationship with you, that today would be the day that they start on the road with you, understanding what you've done on the cross and accepting that free gift of grace. Father, I pray for the rest of us who have done that already, that we would Continue to, to see people the way you see people. That all the things that we so get worked up about and are concerned about are not all that important in light of what you're calling us to. To proclaim the kingdom with our lives and with our voice. In the power of your holy name we pray. Wherever you lead, we'll go. No turning back. In your holy name.